0: So, it's been a month, and I still haven't uh, properly reviewed this new Childish Gambino uh, record, uh, 31520, or I guess just March 15th, uh, 2020, named after the date it was released. Uh, but yeah, I have not really reviewed it uh, significantly, concretely, uh, properly, really, on any platform. Uh, But here I am, about a month after it came out, uh, trying to take another stab at listening to this 12-song, nearly an hour-long album, that I don't think could really be classified to any one genre. Uh, Childish Gambino, or Donald Glover rather, started out as a comedian, then moved on into rap, uh, still imbued with comedy, Uh, most of his albums were, until he put out uh, Before the Internet, an album that still had his trademark catchy one-liner quips and fast flow, but also took his music into some darker, more experimental directions. Uh, all of this stuff culminated into his 2016 release, Awaken My Love, an amazing collection of neo-soul music that showed off Glover's uh, powerful vocals and exciting funk-inspired instrumentals. I was completely enamored with Awaken My Love and was looking forward to what Glover would do next on his self-proclaimed final album. Then, four years later, uh, we got this, three fifteen twenty. And uh, to be honest, I, w- wasn't, I wasn't really thrilled. I wasn't really captivated. The numbered song titles made it pretty hard to latch on to any single one of them after the release, since they all really looked the same to me uh, based on their titles. Uh, even though I could like, think of distinctive sounds, it was always kind of like hard to place those sounds to song titles, which kind of lost some of the edge of the track listing and the cohesiveness of the album. Um, nonetheless, I listened to the album about three times in the week after its initial release and still just really couldn't get into it as a whole. And not only that, but I couldn't really describe what the issue was with it. I couldn't really tell, like, what was going wrong in my mind. There wasn't anything that I could pinpoint as being inherently bad or as a super noticeable weak spot, but I just couldn't really keep it in my mind after listening Uh, everything I enjoyed and everything I didn't enjoy would kind of just leave my mind as soon as I stopped listening Uh, was like the album really only existed as I listened to it it didn't really exist as an album outside of its playtime and that's when I realized that I think the issue was that the album just tried to do too much and do too many things to really get me invested in any of the particular sounds So I decided to wait a bit and then come back to it to see if anything had changed for me. On my fourth listen, which was yesterday, uh, while I found some of his vocal performances a lot more enjoyable than I had at first, I still couldn't really grip the songs. The slow, slippery nature of the instrumentals does perfectly complement his crooning voice, but there's just so much going on and his... I guess inability to really pick a lane with the style of this album ends up detracting more from the listening experience much more uh than it makes it an admirable attempt at genre mashing. Songs like 1238 work really well at first, but then start to lose their edge with the repetitive nature of their instrumentals uh as well as Uh, The fact that 21 Savage is featured on the song, Uh, I'm not saying 21 Savage is a bad artist, I do like some of his songs, he makes some fun bangers, but he just doesn't fit on the smooth R&B instrumental of 1238, and when he comes in, it's kind of, I don't know, it just feels very out of place as soon as he comes in to hear Glover's floating, wavery vocals, kind of... Gloss their way over this perfect nice little smooth neo soul esque instrumental and then have 21 Savage's voice just kind of like hop right in Uh, Felt a little out of place Uh, What also felt out of place, I think is a lot of the vocal editing that happens, uh, especially on the song algorithm The editing kind of takes away from the nice vibe of the song that's going on uh, And it kind of just makes the non edited parts that are pretty nice and fun uh like harder to listen to when you know what's about to happen as they kind of just plop that little grimy darker vocal editing onto his vocals uh, almost every single song on this album seems to follow along that theme of being uh, I, I guess at its core, a pretty solid song that just gets ru- ruined by either a runtime that's too long, a uh, random quirk in the instrumental, or an out of place vocal effect, or even just a feature that doesn't really fit well. Uh, even on my favorite songs on this album that I marked off so I could come back to them, there's something that holds the song back, like on the song Time, which I think flows very well and has a very upbeat, gospel-centric instrumental, but then ends about in a minute and a half after the song really stops, like, feeling something. Uh, It dissolves into this annoying sound that I think is really meant to bridge time with the next song, but instead makes time end with a bit of a sour aftertaste. The same thing happens on one of my other favorite songs on the album, 1910, which, again, flows very well with the repetitive lyrics, uh, the staticky almost sounding like it's coming out of a vinyl record player vocal effects combined with the constant marching, kind of thrumming percussion. But then for the last minute of the song, there's just this completely unnecessary instrumental that acts in the same function as the closing instrumental on time. And again, just kind of ends on a bad note. The album has a lot of these little quirks that detract from the interesting instrumentals and, of course, the, I think, pretty much across-the-board beautiful vocal performances from Donald Glover. But I will say after listening and listening and listening to this album, some of those quirks did kind of fade away and they got a little more manageable to deal with, especially when you know they're happening. And I kind of became complacent with the issues. But the thing is, I don't like I, I wish that they just weren't there in the first place. They're annoying, but they're not annoying enough to, I think, make the album completely like unenjoyable. The instrumentals are all pretty heavily based in auxiliary percussion, uh, which I think is usually endearing as it brings in a lot of small sounds to make one larger beat uh, centered around a kick drum. He uses a lot of shakers, uh, smaller cymbals, maracas, stuff like that, uh, triangles, just anything to kind of coalesce into this one big sound that's centered around usually a pretty constant uh, quarter note drum beat. The melodic instrumentals are all very smooth and relaxing, ranging from bells to uh, kind of mixed back, toned down electric guitars to sometimes even harps as well as obviously synths. The sounds, I think, work very well together, but too often is there just one little thing in the instrumental that's either mixed too high, uh, doesn't really fit in sonically, Uh, Or something like that that I just think doesn't need to be there and sticks out a little too much that kind of detracts From the rest of the kind of laid-back vibe that he's going for The album does have some very high points like time 1910 and 2419 uh, among a few others But I think the long-winded runtime of almost every song that I really enjoy Does end up being a bit more of a hindrance than I would want that, combined with the poor opener and I think a pretty forgettable closer, make this album far from the perfect envisionment of a new-age soul hip-hop R&B fusion that so many people were expecting from this album. I think, in general, it's a solid attempt at the style he's looking for, but it does a little too much to bring it from a moderately enjoyable album to a memorable one and uh, just kind of sticks it in as an album that I like. but. I find too many flaws in to really want to keep coming back to uh 31520 Childish Gambino. I think for me I'm going to say it's a middle ground 6.